With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella, so go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is so number 138, the Lendale White dropping 30 pounds just by cutting out the Patron of Sodes. Isn't that incredible? The tequila diet, how he was able to be successful while just drowning in tequila. And by the way, Lendale White and Chris Johnson have a new podcast out there. Do we call them our rivals? Oh, now we do. Yeah, I think so. Man, that kind of stinks. Smash and Dash. It's, um, I, I believe, on the Believe Network. Well, I believe that they're not going to be as good as us, but I'm sure it'll be pretty good. Uh, Jack, between you and I, who's the Smash and who's the Dash? I think you're the Dash. Yeah, just for my dashing good looks, I agree. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, I, I was just going to go off like a, a size thing, the Smash and Dash. You're more known for your shiftiness. I'm, I'm more yeah. bruising style back. Okay, so you're like the Eddie George. I'm like the uh, Sean Green. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the I'm the negative three yards in a cloud of dust. Uh, no wait, yeah, was it Sean? No, did I say Sean Green? Sean Green was a Titan. Yeah, okay, I I get Sean. Uh, because there was um Sean Green who was the uh who was the the <laughs> Sean Green who spelled it differently uh was the guy who once hit four home runs in a game for the Los Angeles Dodgers against Sean the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. One of the few Jewish baseball players who actually uh, would take off for Yom Kippur every year. Uh, I don't, how do we get here, Jack? It's like we start a Titans podcast and we start talking about Sean Green taking off for Yom Kippur. Uh, but no, that one, that Lendale White dropping 30 pounds just by cutting out the Patron of Sodes at, comes from Adam Rollins. At Adam Rollins 13 on Twitter. Well done, Adam. That is a fantastic so title and one that I all Titans fans remember. That's like one of those references that you're like, oh, yeah, that did happen. They say, you know, if you want to cut weight to exercise more, sure. But it's a big part of it is about how you eat and your diet. Well, apparently it's also about how you drink, too and what you put into your system there. I just imagine Lendale White during that time was probably like in his Gatorade bottles at practice had Patron in it. And then once he decided to cut back on the weight, he uh, he said he's, he waved the water boy away. He's like, no, nah, no. Nah, yeah, nah. He probably was drinking Gatorade bottles with salt and rims at practice. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you want to submit a so title for next week, just tweet at us with something obscure about uh, the Titans and we'll name the so that and give you credit kind of like our guy at Adam Rollins 13 did shout out Adam Rollins. Thank you, dude. Great Tupper there. And um, today on the show, we've got the phenom himself. 
gracing us with his presence, Mr. Will Bowling. Will, uh, we're going to get into a lot of different things with Will. We're going to talk uh, the, the win over the Colts. We're going to talk the Titans at the trade deadline. We're going to talk Titan Stadium. And uh, Jack kind of didn't let me know about this ahead of time, but uh, let's, we'll go on about the Tennessee Volunteers. Um, which yeah, well, I told him, you know, since I give him so much, so much flack about the Vols, usually, um, it, it's his time. He's on top, so I, I let right. him have his moment. But I'll let you guys kind of go through how he handled it. I know we've got some Vols listeners who can't be pleased. Oh, sure, with how much we dog on the Vols. So this is their time. This is an episode for them. The Venn diagram between Vols fans and Titans fans is almost a complete circle. Uh, so we we get it, and Jack and I are not in that circle, so we know we are the outsiders. So we try and you know we try to appease our our Vols fans because a happy Vols fan most of the time is a happy Vol uh, Titans fan. So we want to uh, we want to kind of stroke that, and and we want to build them up as much as possible before the inevitable loss to like South Carolina or Kentucky later on this season. So, um, all right. Jack, let's uh before we get to today's show, we got a ton of other stuff to get to. You guys know what we're hitting on. Uh the Titans being the Colts, Matt Ryan getting benched, trade deadline, stadium. Literally everything we hit on with Will, but Jack and I are going to give you our takes on it as well. Before we get to all of that, let's first get a word from Relax the Back. Relax the Back. CEO Glenn Word at Relax the Back has made it his mission not to just enhance sleep but enhance lives. If you've got back issues, if you're Derrick Henry and you're carrying the Titans to victory every single Sunday, you know what can help get that back, right? One of the variety of chairs that Relax the Back has that combats neck and back pain. Those of us who are sitting up at work all day, hunched over at their desk or their computer, know exactly what I'm talking about. You get home, your back's tight, you wake up, you don't feel as fresh, not as much energy because of that, your sleep's all messed up. Well, they can help you out not just with a chair, but with a pillow or mattress as well. They've got Technogel and Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses. They've got zero-gravity mattresses and zero-gravity recliners in the office, which, by the way, was just revamped. So if you're in the area, make sure to go check them out. You can do that by visiting their location at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville, Tennessee. It's right across the road from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater over in that shopping center right next to Hillsborough High School. And if you don't live in the Nashville area and you're unable to get there in person, don't worry about it. You can visit them online, check out all of their great options at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville. But when you go in and you see Glenn, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. And with all that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Titan Up Podcast. Today is October 26, 2022. And if this Titans game this week taught us anything, it's always, always, always bet on an Austin H to come through and deliver when you need them the most. It's too it, far. When you're when you're worried or when you're down bad, always turn 
to an Austin H. An Austin H will always be there for you in a time of need and will help you succeed, will help you win. So let it be no mistake. Austin H is arguably the most valuable player on any team. You know, it's funny that you say that because much like an Austin H that I know, Austin Hooper wasn't really involved in the game plan through the first six games or through the first five games of the season this year. But man, did he have a coming out party against the Colts? That juggling catch he made might have been the best catch of the year if it wasn't for Mason Kinsey's three yard catch, his first catch. That is true. That is true. Mason Kinsey, first career NFL catch. Shout out to the uncle. We appreciate him. We love him. Uh, we hope he's, we hope he's doing great. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I'm glad to see him getting his, his, his due. Cause I know he's worked hard for that moment. It also means this uh, wide receiver core is very thin, but I look, but I'm just, but we're happy for Mason Kinsey, today. but we're happy for Mason Kinsey. We're that's, happy for Ma- Mason Kinsey. That's the point we're trying to make, uh, unless he grows six inches and, uh, uh, shaves off, uh, six tenths of a second off of his 40 time. I'd rather see, uh, you know, other guys in there, but, but again, I, we love uncle Mason Kinsey. We love him to death. Don't let this get misconstrued. 50 career college touchdowns at Barry college. Can't forget that. I like how they did a little feature on him too. They gave him some, they, they had that ready. Didn't they? Uh They were like, man, it was, I was like, Barry college, like paid for that advertising uh, (laughs) during the CBS uh, game. It was nuts, but no Austin Hooper, you know, we were, we've been wondering all season. Why did they go out and get Austin Hooper if they're not going to use him? Why are we keep throwing the football to Jeff Swaim? You know, it's like when you have the opportunity to throw the football to your the tight end with the worst hands on the team, the Titans have obviously taken those opportunities. They've taken them every chance they can get. And for whatever reason on Sunday, they were like, you know what? I guess it was kind of like uh, the thing like where it's like you get like a Christmas gift you know, like a new sweater or something. You see it in the back of your closet. You're like, man, I haven't even worn that yet. I, like I've, I, it's been sitting in my closet this whole time. And you're like, I guess I'll just bust it out for this party. You bust it out for the party and you're hit a, the hit of the party. Like that's what the Titans did on Sunday. They'd like, oh yeah, we have Austin Hooper. I guess I'll wear it this week. Put it, put on Austin Hooper and bam, freaking Austin Hooper new, saves the day practically. The huge catches, not just the catch that everyone's talking about, the Julian Edelman catch, also, uh, a catch that also went against Matt Ryan, but a but the catch there was one catch across the middle, a beautifully placed ball by Ryan, Ryan Tannehill should not go unnoticed, but a beautiful catch where he goes up and over a defender and high points the ball and comes down with it on a clutch third down. The dude is athletic. I mean, it's not just that he's a big target. We know how much Tannehill likes those big catch radiuses uh, with his wide receivers and tight ends. The guy can make plays. We saw it twice on Sunday. He ended up catching three balls for 56 yards. And uh, I mean, coming into that Colts game, he had just six catches through the team's first five games. They've yet to use him as really much of a red zone threat, which I'm excited for because I know that he's capable of helping that offense out down there. But it's a good start. I think the Titans are now realizing, hey, this is one of our most athletic pass catchers we have, which, yeah. again, not a great uh, you know, <laughs> sign with the wide receivers that are available to the Titans. But it's a guy that you can use when you're without Traylon Burks, when you're without Racy McMath. Um, Robert Woods is still popping up, although nobody on this Titans offense is going to catch 
seven balls for 110 yards on a weekly basis. But you, you're able to mix it up and, and find mismatches across the field. Austin Hooper is going to be one of those as this season moves along. So I was excited to see him. Yeah, most Austin H's are insanely athletic. Uh, however, saying he's the most athletic guy in this, uh, you know, of this like receiving group for the Titans would be like calling him like the smartest Vol fan. You know, it's like, okay, no, you shut up. Okay, no, you shut up. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's a, it's nice to hear, but it's also like, okay, you got to look around the room. It's like, you know, it's a, the, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's not much to brag about, but right. it is, you know, an achievement within your own team, within your own group. So I, you know, I mean, it, it, it's just refreshing to see because like we mentioned last or last podcast, even it's, all you heard this off season was Tannehill and Hooper, Tannehill and Hooper. They, they've got right, the, right. It, it, it's it's working out. He's going to be a big part of the of, of the offense's identity. And through five games, the man had six catches. So it's time right. to ramp it up with Austin Hooper. Jeff Swim can take take a little bit of, of the back seat. But I'll say this, Austin, I'll take a Jeff Swaim target any day over Malik Willis end around. Oh my gosh, that was a um, that was a. Look, I'm not going to I'm not going to blast I'm not going to blast Todd Downing as much as I normally would for that. Mainly because if Arthur Smith did the same thing, would not receive any flack for it. It's just the track record leading up to that. It's everything he's done before that that produced that that the, the frustration there. No, and not- and that's on Malik Willis. That's on Malik Willis in that spot. You have to take that handoff cleanly. Uh, I don't know if it was miscommunication of whether or not he was getting the handoff or what, but that is entirely on Malik Willis. I like the idea of trying to get him some snaps, get his athleticism on the field. Like that's okay because that's a way, in my opinion, that's a way to see, get him playing time without him being the quarterback, you know, like getting him comfortable on an NFL playing field and getting to see actual Sunday afternoon game speed. But again, I, 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 in that moment and, and, and I don't know, I'm just, I, I, I don't like the, I don't like the overthinking, but again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to come down as hard on Todd Downing as I think most Titans fans will too much time on that, but it's, it just, it does feel like every time Todd Downing goes off script, goes, you know, gadget package, it always goes wrong. Whereas when Arthur Smith did it, it was like, oh my gosh, this works every time. These players who not who are not used to, you know, handling the ball in this specific role. Right. Well, and awesome. Arthur Arthur case. Smith did have more talent to work with. Like he had he had a more talented roster to pull out to use exactly. uh, utilize his bag of tricks with. John U. Smith was a a, a could do all things. Swiss he was Army a utility knife. man. Yeah, he was a Swiss Army knife, right. He could do it all, and we don't really have that right now. So he is kind of limited, which I think is why he said, well, we've got athleticism in our QB too. Why don't we get him on the field? And that wasn't the only time he was on the field. I think earlier in the game he was on the field for, I don't know if he actually got a snap, but he was lined up at wide receiver earlier in the game, and I don't know if that play ever got uh, played, but I, I, I was listening on the radio, and Mike Keith said, Malik Wills in the game. And I think I think a timeout was called or something, but um, but I like the idea. 
the execution again sucks. And that seems to be a problem with the Todd Downing offenses, uh, the execution. And some of that gets gets turned back onto coaching. Why, why are guys not executing at a higher rate, especially this deep into the season week seven? Like it should be, things should be gelling, should be clicking. And instead on Sunday, we had no offensive touchdowns and a team that has been dominant in the red zone with a 92% clip of scoring touchdowns in the red zone. The Titans scored no touchdowns in uh, what? Two, three trips to the red zone. But when, you know, when the offense doesn't look very coordinated, that falls on the offensive coordinator. <laughs> yes, that so, is, yeah, that is, that has been the, uh, the, the key for the season. It's easier to fix these problems after wins. By the way, Randy Bullock's back. Randy Bullock. Love it. I love having a reliable kicker because that's not something. Remember when we used to like, everyone would like gather hands and pray whenever the Titans would take the field for a, a field goal. <laughs> yes for like, like two years three years yeah now nowadays in fact i'm actually going to hit on that a little bit later on uh in the podcast a little teaser there but uh but yeah now that's that's one area where it's nice to not have to worry about and speaking of things that you can kind of breathe a little easier about and not have to worry about those asc south standings dude you get a win against uh your foe we talked about it last week with mike keith it you beat the Colts twice this early in the season. You've got that boom. We can breathe easy. You don't have to face them again. Titans are six and two against uh, the Colts since Pat McAfee went on lower broad and uh, completely trounced us at a time where the Colts did dominate the rivalry. So it was very much justified. But now the tide has changed. Titans are six and two against the Colts. They've won four straight. And they have, I don't want to say commanding lead. Because a lot can change, especially if you lose this week against the Texans. But they do have a lead, and it's you're feeling a little bit more comfortable where you're at within the division, and even in just among the AFC standings. Like you're essentially you're a half game back of the the Chiefs, who are only a half game ahead of you because they have an extra game played, and you're you're one game away from the Buffalo Bills. I get it. Look, I'm not comparing the Titans and the Bills at all. Obviously, they kick the it, Titans ass in week two it's really two games because the bills have the head to head. Right. But standings wise, I mean, like if the bills lay an egg in Jacksonville, you know, kind of like they did last year, or if they go out and they play one of those games where they lose nine to six, I'm just saying like, if the Titans can somehow keep this, this, this train rolling and the schedule does get harder down the road, but I mean, the uh, it, it's kind of like, um, what do they say? What do they say? Uh, late, late in seasons. Where the um, uh, the fortune is in your is in your hands oh, you or whatever. Control your own destiny. You control your own destiny. The Titans, essentially, in a way, especially with the tough teams that they have coming up, like the Chiefs and everything, like in a way, they like kind of control their destiny. If they can You're just right. keep this, it, it, it's a tough schedule, but they're playing the teams ahead of them. Uh, so uh, that's the other side of the coin. Now, I would hope that the Titans are able to get some guys back before that. I mean, Andrew Adams, by the way, next man up mentality. Pick Dude. six. He was huge, by the way, for the that, that, on their Super Bowl run. He had a big NFC championship game. I, I love to see that from him. And you got to hear from him after the game. By yeah. Honor. Yeah. I mean, Look, that dude has his head on straight. He's good for this locker room. It was very cool to see those guys uh, get signed this week and make immediate impacts on Sunday. That was very cool. Don't get me wrong. However, as a Titans fan, a long-suffering Titans fan, 
it's very frustrating from the fan perspective because that is only more, uh, I, I guess, examples that John Robinson will point at when <laughs> making these signings instead of going out and getting more talented or making trades. So you got the trade deadline coming up a week from uh, on the day we're recording this a week from today. Instead of going out and making trades or or making big splash free agent uh, signings in the offseason, uh, it, it only tells me he's going to continue that trajectory of like getting the guys who are hungry. You're right. They, they fight harder and they play harder. And it's like, great, look, it was awesome on Sunday. Don't get me wrong. But it also kind of sucks because it's just going to it's going to encourage the behavior that we've seen. It encourages so, bad so far. behavior. Exactly. What <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say. Adams was signed in September when the Titans were going through the whole um, let's sign every possible veteran safety. There is trade for Ugo yeah. Amati um, during that that stretch. But, you know, you never know. I, I, I like what I see. Josh Kalu. We were familiar with Josh Kalu mainly as a special oh, yeah. teamer. Jo- well, we did it down again. Andrew Adams, I feel comfortable with. Did we say Josh Kalu? He's got the lifetime contract as a Titan for that block kick against the Chiefs. Like that, he's if he ever he could be he could be forty eight years old and be like, hey, do you guys mind if I come out and play uh, one week? We'll be like, yeah, dude, you've got it. Like you block that kick against the Chiefs. That forever, Josh Kalu. In my opinion, if he gets burnt as as badly as Caleb Farley has this season, I I will still give Josh Kalu a starting nod on this defense because of that that block kick. <laughs> starting not I'm not so sure but he can play <laughs> any day but it, so so we're talking about the Titans and how the offense didn't get in the end zone and mm-hmm. you know there were some things that could be improved but at least they're not the Colts the Colts they're we're going to talk about it with Will Bowling whether or not they're officially dead or not but I, I mean they've won one game in the division mm-hmm. they're one three and one the Titans are now four and two and I mean now that the Colts are moving to Ellinger which was an interesting decision by Frank Reich. I don't think that was his decision. Jim Ursay had to have made. Oh, that you decision. think that you think that came from above? Yes, because look, Frank Reich is on the hot seat. He is five minutes away from his seat spontaneously combusting. That's how well, hot it is over there. And yeah, but with him coaching, you know, for his job, why would he move from a thirty-seven-year-old veteran quarterback? I get it; the turnovers have been bad. To a twenty-twenty-one sixth-round pick that we've only seen in preseason action. A coach that maybe that's probably on his last year doesn't make that decision. No, that see, I I disagree. Counterpoint here. Uh, if anyone is in favor of a backup quarterback leading a comeback, it's Frank Reich. Reich. Good one. <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. I know that it is weird. It is weird that uh, literally like I, I imagine like uh, Sam Ellinger walking into the Colts uh, facility and just being like, hey, Longhorn Nation, I'm back. Like just dropping just like that. That's what he's known for. Let's be honest. He could he could go out and lead the Colts to a Super Bowl this season and we will still be like, no, he's the Texas Longhorns. I'm back guy. Um, I, the first time when I first saw that announcement online, I was like kind of scrolling through like Instagram or Twitter or something. I legit, legit thought it was an NFL memes account. Like one of those fake, like, you know, now starting for the Indianapolis Colts, Sam Ellinger. Like, I was like, what, what, like you're, you're going to pull the pin on Matt Ryan, a, a former MVP, a guy who has, has, has been to the Super Bowl 
you're just going to oust him like that. And don't get me wrong. Matt Ryan's played like crap this, this season. In fact, I think I I'm, I'm pining. We'll, we'll talk about this later on when um, we, we talk about the stadium renderings, but I think the Titans need to have uh, space out front of their new stadium for a statue for Steve McNair, Eddie George, and Matt Ryan, uh, who might be the greatest quarterback in Titans franchise history, uh, just by the way he plays. Seriously, if he doesn't throw two picks in that game yesterday, it's an easy Colts win. Uh, and but he did, and the they, they just couldn't get anything going. Jonathan Taylor, with all this talk, and I know he's dealing with injuries and running backs that get banged up early in the season. That does not ever end well. But it, it, the Titans did knock Matt Ryan uh, not not out of the game, but out of at least practice for this week. Grade two shoulder separation he sustained against the Titans. Uh, but Frank Reich said whether he's injured or not, that doesn't play into this decision, which was shocking to me. But with Sam Ellinger taking over, it's very possible that the Colts win their next game because who comes to town? Taylor Heineke and the Washington Commanders. And then Ooh. they go on the road to the Patriots, who just lost in in, in a blowout to the Chicago. Right. So, you know, they, they, there's time for them to write the shit, but it, this cushion the Titans have built early on in the season – especially with the, with the head-to-head, which probably won't come into play because of that tie. But, I mean, they built a cushion to where they can falter a couple times and still be in control of this division. Well, and the Colts, the Colts definitely, uh, they kind, where they kind of screwed themselves is they have to not only win against, uh, you know, teams from other divisions and other conferences, but they also have to get help from other because they don't play they have one more division game the rest of the season one more division game and i think it's like week 17 or week 18 um against the texans other than that they're done they've played the jaguars twice they've played the titans twice they're done with the division so it's like and going one three and one in those games you're kind of screwing yourself so they are uh i'm not look they're not dead i'm not gonna say the colts are dead i'm not gonna beat a dead horse if you will (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and th- that, those are the jokes you come to the Titan Up podcast for. I'm saying I think that they are on life support. Like they are like, yeah, maybe they're conscious. Like you could say like, Colts, if you can hear me, lift a finger. And like they'll lift the finger. But like that's legitimately all they're able to do right now. Um, and speaking of life support, the Titans, my goodness, they they you want to talk about playing through pain like uh like Jonathan Taylor is this season which keep in mind I I hope Jonathan Taylor continues to like play injured throughout this season because you know it's it's better that Derrick Henry last year went down injured with that like you know huge lead in the uh, rushing title than Jonathan Taylor who's like playing through playing injured because we'll always be able to say yeah, but Derek was having an MVP. Derek would have been an MVP had he stayed healthy. Derek was on Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, Jonathan. John- right, Jonathan Taylor's, Taylor's like living it out, and like, yeah, like he's. And, it's almost like it's like, yeah, well, John Taylor kind of sucks. Nobody, like, yeah, but he's injured. Well, I mean, uh, well, I mean, the guy Derek played fifteen games and he barely got to a thousand yards rushing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. You know, it's like JT. Learn a little something from Derek if you're injured get a surgery or something like, like miss games. So that way people can say, well, what if it's, the what if thing it's like the, what I always use with Ken Griffey jr. He would have been the greatest player 
major league baseball player in the history of the sport if he stayed healthy what if i can always say that i'll never be able to not say that it, it's it's pretty insane because jonathan taylor prior to this year hadn't missed a practice in his entire career high school yeah. college hadn't missed a practice this year he's really struggling um to get going first of all but uh, you know a lot of that has to do with these injuries that we're talking about so, well and the reason I brought up the injuries is because the Titans faced a number of injuries on Sunday from Jeff Simmons going down at one point, Ryan Tannehill going down at one point, and then our guy Ben Jones missed, uh, missed a chunk of the game and then came back in and battled. Dude was injured and pushed uh, like to the brink, and not enough can be said about Ben Jones. When Ben Jones went down, with that injury, I was like, well, crap. Like, that is the last remaining, like, staple, it felt like, of this offensive line. A guy who's been here for a a chunk of the of the, of the the Titans tenure, part of the of, Titans turnaround. Part of the, yeah, part of the, the culture changing here. I mean, right. he's, he's instrumental in all of that. And I, he's got to be dealing with something serious, too. Like, like this this isn't just, you, you know, his, his knee's got a, a bruise or whatever, maybe... Maybe he, he bumped knees with somebody like Mike Vrabel was moved to tears. Yeah. In the tunnel yeah. after the game. That I've never seen that before. And I'm we may never see that again. Uh, he, he was moved to tears and said, you know, I, I I take you as one of my own. Like you're one of my own. Like that's yeah. how I look at you. Which is just, yeah, we actually uh, have we have we've obtained audio from that uh, moment that the the hug because a lot of it you know yeah we were able to catch some of it on that Paramount uh, Plus clip that they had inside the NFL but we actually got the full unedited audio of Mike Vrabel so let's go ahead and play that real quick. Yeah, yeah, bitch, yeah, yeah, you're my dog, dude. You're so good. Yeah, yeah, I just want to hug you. Yeah, you look like a like a big giant teddy bear. You're my, you're my poop bear. You look like Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, you're my poop bear. Dog. You're my poop bear. Also, can I borrow 10 bucks? I know now might not be the time, but I got to I gotta tip the valet guy on the way out, and uh, I don't have any cash on me. Do you think you could uh, spare that for me? Uh, uh, you're my poop bear, Doc. You're my poop bear. You're one of my own. I love you like you're one of my own. All right? Don't tell anyone I'm crying, okay? Seriously, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to hug you until these tears go away because I don't want to come across as weak to anyone, especially not in the media. Like that, that dick, Paul Koharski, I swear, if he says anything about this, I'm going to kick his ass. Okay, all right. Uh, my tears are gone. Uh, I love you. Bye. That's amazing. I did not know that, that all that was said. Yeah, that. I mean, um, that, that's super indie. I, I'm surprised they got a microphone that close to that conversation. I was going to say that uh, what they can do with NFL films these days is truly, truly remarkable. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it, it's not a good feeling to have the play through pain game the week after your bye. But look, that's the, thus is just the story of the Titans. Like the Titans never do anything where it's like, it fits the, like it, it, where things are just like all things are going well. The Titans are, are always the um they're like the car in like Fast and Furious where all of their um uh their lug nuts on their tires are like kind of loose and the wheels are starting to shake and you're like, "Oh my gosh, that wheel's going to come off during this race." That is that is freaking Titan season every year. 
you, you'll see teams like the Bills and like the Chiefs and the AFC front runners where the, it's just the fastest souped up cars. And the Titans car like looks like it looks fast, but my goodness, does it got a lot going on with it? It's smoke coming out the engine. You know, you're like, I, how is this thing going to finish the race? But there's only like 10 laps left, so it, it could be done. But I mean, they're going to their car is going to have to go under some serious maintenance once the race is concluded. Um, which will happen this offseason probably. But one stat to get you off my back about Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill Ooh. gets the job done in the AFC South ever since he's been in Nashville. 15 and 3 is Ryan Tannehill's record against the AFC South as a Titans starting quarterback. 6 and 1 against the Colts. The Colts in five years have had five different starting quarterbacks. Ryan Tannehill has three losses since arriving in Tennessee in 2019 against the entire division. I, I mean, it's it, it's amazing. He he beats yeah. he should beat, and I get it. You know, against the the high powered offenses, if the defense isn't playing, you know, absolutely phenomenally, then the offense is going to get exposed a little bit. But he's taking care of business against the Colts. The the Titans are on track. Knock on wood to win the AFC South for the third straight year in a row. Right. And looking at the playoffs and, and look, the Titans. And, 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 and yeah, real quick, let me just jump in because I can hear people screaming at their podcast players right now. Uh, hopefully they're in public listening on headphones because that would be really funny, but they're screaming. Yeah. But what does he do in the playoffs? None of that matters in the playoffs. No, 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 no. Winning the AFC South gets you a home playoff game. Exactly. That's huge. The Titans have had two straight home playoff games. Now, sure, they've done nothing with them, but that's 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 that to me is that is the first hurdle that you have to get to. You can't play in the playoffs if you don't perform in the regular season. So and and then and we know as, as the last two seasons have shown us, the playoffs are a crapshoot. Literally, any team can get hot. Any team can go on a run. And the Bengals did last year. Uh, and the Titans just ran into them. So it's like it it's just a it it the playoffs are a crapshoot. You want to get to the playoffs, and then it's 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 anything can happen for 60 minutes, hopefully for four games. And get in the yeah. dance, and you're right. Anything can happen. We saw it from the Bengals last year. We see it every so often from wild card teams, not just in the NFL, but I mean baseball. Uh, the Phillies are a great example of what can happen. The Braves right. and were throwing haymakers at each other all year, and the Phillies, once they got to the playoffs just chewed through the Braves knees. I mean, that's, that's what there were literally, there were literally three 100 win teams this year in the national league. And none of them, all of them are sitting at home right now. The, the Phillies buzzed through a division winner in the Cardinals buzzed through a division winner in the Braves. And then they, uh, then they went on to, uh, to freaking beat the Padres who slayed the the Dodgers dragon. So it's like, all you have to do is get in and then the rest, can take care of itself and the, the Phillies are a prime example of that look to get to the Super Bowl which I think a lot of Titans fans would agree that that would be uh you know a bit of an overachieving uh you know their expectations on this for season. this season yes yes but if the Titans win the division that affords them a home playoff game they're going to be playing a wild card team most likely the best or the second best wildcard team those teams as it currently stands are the new york jets and the miami dolphins behind them are the chargers Bengals, and colts 
The Titans are likely to be favored against all of those teams at home. The Bengals game may be close to a pick but last year the Titans were four-point favorites against the Bengals at home. I know the Titans lost. Tannehill turned it over. Evan McPherson, the, the Bengals kicker, beat the Titans in that game if the Titans didn't already beat themselves. But I'm not worried about the Jets. The Dolphins would be a good game. The Chargers, a good game. The Bengals, a yeah. good game. But none of you them get, are, are, are really like – you know, scaring me a whole lot. Like those will be good games if the Titans get to meet them as long as a major injury doesn't occur again. The the importance of a home playoff game is if if you meet up with a team like the Dolphins in that first week, you get a a team from South Beach playing in some cold weather in January where they have to tackle Derrick Henry probably 30 times a game. Like that's, look, nobody wants a a part of that uh, if if you're a Dolphin fan. So a a struggling offensive line against a pass rush that just got Bud Dupree back. Right. Has looked incredible when Dupree Simmons and uh, Autry have been firing on all cylinders and then playing together at the same time. You play that Bengals game back nine more times. You play it 10 times. There's one game where Ryan Tannehill throws three picks and it was that, and it was that game. Probably win six, maybe seven times. Six, maybe seven. I think that's fair. Six or seven yeah. times the Titans come out of that game. I agree with that. I agree with that. I yeah, I would say I would say seven, seven and a half times. You know, like I would say seven, eight times, possibly. Just with with the way that they were built last year. Um the, if they don't think about it, they don't turn the ball over three times. What happens with those drives? Uh if if I know for one, that's three points that uh came off the board right there with the um with the what was it the Ty Hilton inter uh interception. Uh, Mike um, or Mike Hilton, Mike Hilton. Uh, but anyway, look, we're getting we're getting down a tangent. We're getting way ahead of ourselves with this uh, playoff talk. But it does. But it is important to note uh, that, yes, the Ryan Tannehill success within the division, which is insanely important. And it's important to note that Jack somehow pulled him out from under the bus that he threw him on under all season and is now dusting, helping him dust off his clothes like this is it's very weird to see. I'm a little weirded out maybe this is because he went so heavy with the uh i want to uh bomb the parthenon last week (laughs) i don't know maybe he's trying to make up for 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 something i would be okay if he if he publicly claimed i am not going uh i am not a terrorist i'm not going to bomb the parthenon i would i would feel much more safer if he came out with that but i'll take the ryan Tannehill praise for sure the parthenon Um, is safe the parthenon is not on my radar uh, uh last, last thing I'll say before we get to Will Bowling, um, trade deadline is a week from today. Yes, I think is. we we all unanimously agree the Titans aren't gonna do Jack, right? <laughs> well, it, it's like every year there's a ton of buildup and all of these rumors in the NFL, like leading up to the trade deadline. Right. And the action on the actual deadline, which in this particular instance is November 1st at 3 p.m. Central, it never lives up to the buzz and the hype. But when you're the Titans, I mean, there there are guys that are being shopped that, I mean, make sense. But again, will John Robinson move picks to do it? I'm not so sure. We'll ask Will Bowling about that as well. I mean, I wanted the Titans to draft Elijah Moore. And now the fact that he's like on the trading block and he wants out of New York. Like, I'm like, that's me going back to the draft from two years ago and being like, oh, man, let's go get him now. Let's go get our guy. But I, I don't know. I'm so glad you brought Elijah Moore up because what better way to get back at your ex, AJ Brown, 
than to get with one of their best friends, right. Elijah Moore. So if right. John Robinson is the toxic king that I hope he is, this move makes a ton of sense for the Titans. Not you just for it. now, but he's a guy that if he performs here, it makes sense for the future. He's on a rookie deal right now. Even if he does nothing in his time in Tennessee, you do it for the Instagram posts, okay? You do it to make AJ jealous, okay? AJ standing for always jealous. That's what we want him to be. We want this dude to feel uncomfortable to like, even though they're six and oh and sitting very pretty in Philadelphia, they got one of their teams in the world series, another team in freaking, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's undefeated in the NFC East. Uh, another team that just beat the Preds on Saturday night, oh. four and one flyers team, the, another team that, uh, well, the Sixers haven't won yet this year, but they'll, they'll probably at least be in the uh, Eastern conference finals. Um, they won't win the Eastern Carter. conference finals, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> James Harden will turn the ball over way too many times in like a game six or seven and they'll blow it, but they'll they'll make it that far. So what I think is I, I think I love this play, Jack. I think they need to go out and get Elijah Moore just to make AJ Brown be like, oh man, like like start to you know check his Facebook a lot more often. Like, whoa, what's going on? Like start to like start to uh Instagram stalk us and just be like, hey, what what do you mean Elijah Moore? Oh Miss, hotty toddy, gosh almighty, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> AJ Brown just liked the post from six months ago. What? what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> like he, the accidental like, for sure. The other guy that the Titans could go after, which the Panthers say they're keeping, is DJ Moore, who is the last man trapped in a burning building. I, I mean, it's like the saying, uh, your captain, the captain always goes down with his ship. The helicopter is pulling off the guests, pulling off the crew. DJ Moore, I mean, that, that ship is about six feet away from going under the water. And DJ yeah. Moore is the last one on it, waving waving for help. But the helicopter's on, on its way back after dropping everyone else off. DJ Moore needs to get out of there. But I don't know that John Robinson's the one to fly the helicopter and pull him out. I like the idea of DJ Moore. But if anyone who's been lower broad recently in Nashville knows that the Titans don't need any more DJs. How about that? All right. Uh, let's. I, uh, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> before we get to the uh the phenom oh also the busting with the boys guys are stirring the the odell beckham jr pot i kind of like it i i don't know if there's any truth but they were basically saying like uh you know taylor was like i talked to someone who talked to jr and uh he likes he would love to have odell beckham in nashville i odell don't think beckham it's gonna happen want to come to nashville though because he wants to put up numbers in a super bowl contending offense and the time yeah no but he would be wide receiver one here he would oh, be wide receiver one. I mean, by a mile, Robert Woods. The Titans need a wide receiver that can take the top off of a defense. And right now they don't have that. They had that with AJ Brown and it made Derrick Henry and the rest of this offense run smoother. They don't have that right now. Like I love Nick Westbrook Akine. I love him, but he's a possession receiver. He can't, he's not going to burn a guy down, down the field. Uh, well, we, and we know Mason Kinsey, Mason Kinsey is good for those three yard routes because that's the only uh catch he's ever had in his career uh and then and then uh like the cody hollisters all this like there's not a deep threat on this roster robert woods even is not a deep threat he's not going to burn anyone and take the top off a of defense robert woods was obj's teammate last season granted that robert woods was injured for more than half of the season but there's got to be a, a, some sort of relationship there. look the, when you pair robert woods and odell beckham jr on the same team what happens Super Bowl. win Super Bowls. Okay. All I'm saying is let's recreate that magic. Okay. Let's do saying, it. 
I'm just saying. Not saying, just saying. Before we get to the phenom himself, Will Bowling, let's first get a word from our friends at BetMGM. BetMGM has a great deal going for the rest of October. Time is running out this month, so make sure to take advantage of this as soon as possible. If you're on a sports book, if you're not into sports betting just yet and are looking for a way in, an easy app to navigate to find what you want to place bets and win bets, BetMGM is a sports book for you. New users, download the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Use promo code A to Z Sports. That's A T O Z Sports for a risk free bet up to $1,000 on pro football. If you were smart, you used it on the Titans last week to win the AFC South because that looks like a real possibility. And if you missed out on that opportunity, don't worry. For some reason, the Titans are only two point favorites against the Texans. Who's making these lines? Download the BetMGM app. Use promo code A to Z Sports for a risk free bet up to $1,000 on pro football. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, 21 plus, Tennessee only, new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. And now let's get to the phenom! Guys, we are now host. Uh, we are host. Let me start over. Guys, we are now joined uh, by the host of 1045 The Zone's brand new uh, rendition of their morning show. I want to get this right. All right. Because we had Kayla Anderson on like the week after she started. Um, but it's Ramon, Will, and Kayla. No, no, no. Ramon, Kayla, and Will. There you go. Yes. All right. You got it. I got it. I got it. That's a, uh, I, I feel like coming back from every break, you got to be winded just saying that name, all three names in a row. I, if I was you, I would screw it up every time I would. In fact, I would probably do it as a bit where it's just every time I said the name of the show, it is different, but will bowling, uh, dude, how are you, man? I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me on guys. I, uh, I can confirm that like, I literally will be out of breath. Uh, coming back from break or going to break because uh you know like our show sponsor is is all four seasons garage doors so it's oh Ramon Kayla and Will powered by all four seasons garage doors in Nashville like it, it, Good it is night that, and then do you have any do you have any time left in the segment to talk about yeah. sports and then after that we throw it to traffic and weather on the eights brought to you by your local AccuWeather Fort no, I'm kidding uh but uh it's uh it's it, Rhett Bryan always does that bit too where we'll like do the old school radio thing and and we're all radio nerds here like we're amongst friends and right. you know it's like a local local traffic and weather on the eights on uh, your local AccuWeather forecast. It's just like, yeah. the classic, you know. I think I did that today on the show, actually, and somebody tweeted in and was like, is Harry Carey the host of this show now? I was like, no. Yeah, right, right. Maybe if you want me to I, do that instead. Now, Will, once, uh, immediately when the show was announced, uh, Jack and I were like, okay, we need to get Will on uh, on the podcast ASAP because uh, little did we know until uh, until the show was announced, you're a phenom, dude. Oh God! <laughs> the press release dropped and said, uh, "Brought it was a broadcasting broadcasting phenom." Yeah, phenom. Like think about the phenoms in this world. Like what? Like Beethoven, LeBron James, <laughs> and now Will Bowling, the phenom. How, how does it feel to be amongst the greats? It's it's like it feels like when Alex Rodriguez was doing a, a Sunday night baseball broadcast. 
and said, Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, Aaron Judge, before Aaron Judge had ever done anything. And we're all just like, you idiot. I say that now. And, you know, now you can actually maybe start to have that conversation so that the analogy doesn't hold up as well. But it's like, oh, that one of these clearly does not belong in this group. Um, as far as phenoms go, I, it, it was I, I didn't love it. Uh, but, uh, yeah. you know. It, we, it was funny. We were joking the other day about uh, like for Ramon, we always introduce him as like 11 year NFL veteran and Vol for life. Uh, Kayla, you know, television broadcasting, you know, veteran. Because uh, we we're actually joking. Like, what do we like? How do I lead into Kayla? Because, you know, you call someone a veteran enough times <laughs> you're saying they're old. And that's the thing. Like when you're in your 20s doing this job, everything you say someone will take is like, oh, so you're calling me old. It's like, no, like I just told you I was, right. you know, I remember being six years old the last time, you know, I was in Tuscaloosa when Tennessee beat Alabama in five overtimes. And they're like, God, I was in college when that happened. Like, you're just calling me old. It's like, no, like, I'm just, I'm just, I, we're having a conversation. I'm so sorry. So I, everything I say, it's like, am I, am I accidentally calling someone old? But uh, no, yeah, the phenom thing was funny. We got to laugh about it. It's going to always be a bit on our show uh, until the end of eternity. So I guess I have to embrace it at this point. Will, yeah, I, I will we, well, where you're coming from because Austin yes. gives me the same exact trouble for whenever you, you know he says remember when this happened i was like oh, well, that, really that's, like that's because jack was literally in kindergarten when the cubs won their last world series so <laughs> like it's it's like I, i'm a, it's a little bit justified honestly uh but will i yeah ho we're hoping that like we're only going to refer to you as phenom uh, for the rest of time and um, I, we are hoping because obviously you're a regular uncle on this podcast. We're hoping you're more on like the LeBron James side of Phenom rather than like the Sebastian Telfair, you know, like yeah, we, we want sure. you to we want you to continue this trajectory. Are you OK waking up in the morning? Because as a morning show host myself, it sucks like that's I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy. <laughs> the way I don't know if you've ever uh, had this conversation with people, but the way I best describe it is you're jet lagged all the time. <laughs> yes, that, yeah, that is yeah, the best right. way I can describe doing morning radio because yeah. you're jet lagged, but like there's not time to take, especially this time of year. Like there, there was a little bit in the off season. Like there's not time to take like a two hour nap in the middle of the day and like catch up like three hour nap. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm starting to master the art of like the 30 minute power nap, um, yeah. which I don't, I, I just woke up from one like an hour ago and it feel fine. Like some days, it's it's fine and some days it's like good lord i may never work again like i, I this is terrible um but i'm getting used to it i mean I, I sleep with my apple watch that way i have an alarm to turn off on my phone and my watch to like stimulate yeah. my brain as much as possible <laughs> right, um right. but as like someone that's 25 and has like i mean friends want to go get drinks on like a wednesday it's like oh, I, I guess we'll go and like do that and like and I'll leave I just gotta, the sun goes down <laughs> yeah like i got an evite for a halloween party the other day and i was like oh i'll join this group me and it was like monday night at you know 7 p.m like god never mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> right just, right it's just weird because like people uh again here i go i'm gonna inadvertently you know be calling people old but like people that are in their 20s that live in nashville like do things on weeknights and go to preds games and then go out like all these things and like uh it's just it's been a lifestyle adjustment uh nothing crazy i mean obviously like i love the job and i love my the team that i work with and uh certainly no complaints but the first like week it was adrenaline and then weeks two and three it was like holy crap like i can i this this is tough like this is a lot worse than i thought yeah. it was gonna be and then a week after that again 
it, it kind of comes in phases. But once we got in the groove of football season, like we're we're good now. We're we're full steam ahead and, and feeling good about life. Advice: drink, chug a thing of coffee, then lay down for a thirty minute nap. Yeah, takes that it takes about thirty minutes for the caffeine to get in your system. <laughs> yep. It's like a power nap. It's a yes. game changer, dude. No, that's yeah. a real thing. I uh, yeah. when I was still like working out in the mornings, uh, just on my old schedule, like I would like come home from my workout at like eight like drink a like a big thing of coffee like fall asleep for 45 minutes then go in and that was still when i was yeah. working until like 10 or 11 at night a lot of times that's been the weirdest thing is just switching from like working totally on the night side of things and doing the high school football and you know post game show and stuff like that and then I, that was just like okay well i'll be there at nine tomorrow or whatever so that's been a change but uh that and i this is a, no free shout outs but i like chug a celsius as i'm like driving in recharged oh wow recharged. Uh, Tannehill got to you huh? i literally yes yes yeah. and i uh product placement shout out qb1 and i literally like then that gets me to like a basic human level and then Did i you take a boat to work after that i don't um okay. it, it's a good idea i guess yeah. uh cumberland river i don't know if the general jackson is operating <laughs> that early um if it could stop by midtown and and, and push yeah. me off a little bit but uh you could probably do a little deep sea fishing in the cumberland and, and catch some the cumulus things, navy honestly. go out there and pregame before the navy. before the radio shows that's going. terrific absolutely we'll put, the, put the vol navy to shame y'all sound like the Wolf of Wall Street trying to time his quaaludes, right? Talking about how you drink coffee and mix in a nap at the same yes. time. Yes. Jack, listen, until you it's host a, a morning thing. show, you'll never get it, bro. Okay. <laughs> listen, so while we're on the subject of rest and how you guys get none of it, Mike Vrabel <laughs> does very well when he gets extra rest. 9-0 and in the regular season. Beats the crap out of teams. Coming off a bye, Vrabel's teams are 5-0 and in five seasons. And their average margin of victory is 18 points. What is it about Mike Vrabel? I, I think people, while you, you can be frustrated with his in-game decisions from time to time, he'll make three or four um, really head-scratching moves throughout a season. But you got to respect what he can do with a game plan, giving him extra time to do it. it it's, it's really amazing what the, what the Titans have been able to do with that extra rest under Mike Vrabel. I'm with you, and and honestly, it feels like nobody understands the the rigors of being an NFL athlete today better than Mike Vrabel among NFL head coaches. I think even a lot of the wonderkind quarterback guys and the Mike McDaniel's and Kevin O'Connell's of the world and the Cliff Kingsbury's, like yeah, they played quarterback. Like yeah, they played football. They they know what it's like to go through a season and the grind and the the mental aspect of that, but. I think when you talk about the physicality aspect of that and, and what it takes, you know, emotionally and physically and mentally and all those things combined, go to the guy that was the lunch pail guy in the NFL and how he sustained a career as long as he did. Um, that, that's kind of the vibe I get talking to players and talking to people around the organization and just doing the show and talking to Ramon about it. Like it's, it, it seems like he understands what that's like and when a guy needs a day and he can see when a guy says that he's fine and, and needs a day. And, you know, I know the Ben Jones clip of him kind of hugging him and telling him after the game, like, I, I love you. Like you're one of my own. Like it, yeah. y- you can't really fake that. Right. Like JJ Watt tries to fake that every time he sees a camera around him. But like yeah. Mike Vrabel is what JJ Watt thinks he is as far as like being a cool, tough guy that like gets it and like has this swagger about him. Like JJ Watt wants what Mike Vrabel has in that way. I love anytime I can take a parting shot at, at JJ Watt. Oh, I love yeah. Shout out the but, troops just in honor of JJ. Watt. That's of course, of course, right. love them. Uh, and uh, so I don't know. I, I just feel like Mike Vrabel kind of gets 
gets how that operates, and especially in a week where you wanted to get so many guys healthy for Indianapolis, you were able to do that. Um, it's an early bye week. So, I mean, talking to Rashad Weaver in the locker room, he was like, yeah, I mean, I feel fine. Like, it's been five weeks. Like, I'm good. Um, I'm sure he won't be saying that in another two months. But, um, you know, I, I think it was a perfect storm. And, of course, having a, a quarterback that's, you know, already maybe dead as a quarterback and Matt Ryan coming to town, a perfect storm of a good way to continue that streak for sure. We sit here today on, we're recording on October 25th, but our listeners won't get to hear this till the 26th. The Titans have just swept the Colts. They're five and one in their last six against Indianapolis. The Colts, not only are they three, three and one, but they're one, three and one in the division. They're without Matt Ryan. They're moving to Sam Ellinger for the rest of the season. According to Frank Reich, Will Bowling, I have one question to ask you. Are the Colts dead? Well, um, I, they're not back like Sam Ellinger once also proclaimed about one. Of yeah, I was going to say it's, yeah, it's not necessarily the, the Colts are dead. It's just Longhorn Nation. We're back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it doesn't feel like a decision that um, came from anyone other than Jim Irsay. Uh, and, and I knowing him and the way that that guy thinks – and processes information and particularly processes negative information when it comes to the Titans beating the Colts specifically, it doesn't feel like this is even a decision for the Colts to tank and get a better draft pick next year. Like I, I legitimately believe in my heart of hearts that Jim Irsay thinks that the new energy and the new spirit of Sam Ellinger is really going to turn this thing around. Like I, I genuinely think that's what's going on. Um, you know, I, I think if it, you're in a weird spot, right? Because if the Colts had lost to Denver on that national stage, um, I don't know if Frank Reich has the job that he has right now. I, I think there are more moves if you lose on that stage uh, and you feel like maybe you can make a run against Jacksonville and the Titans. and Because at that point, like you lose to Denver, but you win the next two, you are right in the thick of it. You're, you're even with the Titans at the top of the division. You're in a much better spot. You feel like you can salvage things. Uh, winning that game kind of gave you enough hope to stick it out for another couple of weeks. And then it was always about this Titans game. And uh, I mean, you look at the quarterback, the Titans still have to play this year. Obviously there's, there's still lots of work to be done when you've got all of the best quarterbacks you're going to see uh, other than Josh Allen still on your schedule. I mean, you could argue the Titans have already seen probably the two worst quarterbacks you're going to see all year. Um, you know, certainly Carson Wentz is, is the worst that you're going to see all year. Um, and, and week one, Daniel Jones wasn't very impressive. He's playing better now, but th those look like two different quarterbacks as far as the way he's looking now and the way he looked then. So I'm not going to declare the division dead, but I am going to declare the Colts dead. Uh, like the guy that, you know, tried to proclaim that my Atlanta Braves were dead, uh, you know, back in, in June and the Sal from, uh, Sports Talk Radio in New York. I actually thought about just stealing that bit and just saying the AFC South is over, but I yeah. didn't want to do that. Yeah, and, don't, and really don't do up. that. So don't, please if don't I was that. going to hypothetically do that, you know, this would be the time that I would do it. Yes. Well, the good news is if the Colts are actually dead, that means Jello production in Indianapolis will rise. But That's right. to all of our Titans fans in Indianapolis, do not take a Jello shot if Jim Irsay hangs. <laughs> yeah, no, gosh, Never. don't take anything. Don't take anything, Jim Mercy hits you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. My gosh. Uh, Will the um, uh, the the Titans are are really really flirting uh, hard with a uh, with a new stadium. Obviously, like it's pretty much a done deal. And today, well, on the day we recorded this, they dropped uh, new renditions of what the stadium's going to look like. 
which uh, the best joke I saw was essentially just a giant top golf. Um, <laughs> That's great. What do you feel like, uh, uh, or, or I guess I should say, what are your, your thoughts on uh, a new stadium and uh, t- three things, your top three things that the new stadium must have. Okay. Um, just kind of general you know, thoughts on it. I, it makes a lot of sense for the city to be off the hook for a lot of dollars they owe to the current Nissan stadium to begin with. I mean, we're talking upwards of a billion dollars to, to gut everything and the infrastructure within that building, you know, to make it viable enough for what the city owes contractually. So it makes a ton of sense. Um, you know, you get the state involved. The state isn't always involved uh, on projects like this. So it helps take the burden off of Nashville for sure. I think it makes a ton of sense. Um, just the events that Nashville does well. I mean, I'm sure you guys have talked about it and, and everybody's discussed it at, at length, right? That that's what this city does. Uh, the top three things that I need in the new stadium. Um, I, I'm going to go number three, the name Coliseum. Yes. In some yes. Aspect. yes. A tip of we'll the cap to Adelphia Coliseum. Podcast, that's man. right. That's yes. right. The You get the Titans imagery, uh, but you also, you, you give a tip of the cap to the original, the OG. Mm-hmm. Um, that those of us who are actually from here, both of us who are actually from here that live in the city still, um, uh, can certainly remember very fondly. Um, yeah, we only two. refer to Nissan Stadium as Nissan Coliseum on this podcast. Oh, really? There you it's go. a rule. Yeah. So, so we, <laughs> we love your, noticed that before. If, if that's your number three, then I can't wait to hear two and one. I love it. I love it. Um, I would love some way, I guess, number two, I know that the, the windows and kind of the view of, you know, on the renderings, you get, you have the windows and the panels that are kind of in the end zones. I want those to be able to open in some way. Uh, mm. This is Nashville, not Buffalo, New York. Like I, I would love some aspect of open air within the stadium um, uh, just to give us some kind of feeling of, you know, Nashville in the fall, right? The, the two weeks that we get here that actually is fall between summer and winter. Um, in this city. So I, I think that is something that would be, you know, pretty cool. I don't know if it's possible. I, I, I honestly have no idea uh, whether or not that's something they're discussing, but I think it'd be great. Uh, and number one, um, I should have, I should have honestly started with the Coliseum one because that's the golden ticket idea yeah. uh, okay. out of all, all the right. ideas I have for the stadium. But, um, you know, honestly, I think the, um, the, the biggest thing that I keep going back to with this stadium is it not just being a sterile NFL stadium three that you would build on Madden. Um, and it's kind of a, kind of a cop out broad answer, but, but I think it's a, a relevant one because Burke Nihill mentions in the original release and his conversation with Jim Wyatt and with Mike Keith, that you want this building to have character and personality similar to other historic and, and iconic venues in Nashville. And he brought up the Ryman. Uh, in saying that, which I think is really interesting because when you think of a brand new shiny building, you don't think of hardwood pews and, <laughs> and you know, being packed into a tiny little place to, you know, pay uh, way more money than you would for any other venue to see a band because it's in that <laughs> building and the supply and demand is obviously is what it is for that, you know, that tiny venue. But um, the character of like somebody who doesn't see the Titans colors and doesn't see the name looking in, into it and saying, oh, yeah, that looks like Nashville. Um, so with that, I think of, you know, the hardwood is the first thing that I think of with, uh, you know, with, with the Ryman and having some kind of hardwood element to it, you know, around the stadium, whether that's just in the club level or, or whatever it is. 
Um, uh, but on top of that, I think, you know, y- you put some kind of stained glass in there. I don't know if that's the answer. I mean, y- Ooh, you have yeah. you have the big columns like the Parthenon somewhere. It doesn't look like they're going to go with that historic vibe on the outside. But that's always the thing I, I go back to is like big columns, cauldrons of fire. Like, yeah, that's all that's good. But is it really Nashville? Um, yeah. So if you have an element of it that looks like the Parthenon, that's awesome. Oh. Uh, but I think uh, like a stained glass treatment. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. Well, well, I love you, dude. I, I mean, I've always loved you, but I love you <laughs> even more now because uh, that is that was a point of contention with, between Jack and I. Jack, really? as much as Jack hates Ryan Tannehill, he hates the Parthenon even more. In <laughs> okay. fact, it was disclosed on our podcast last week that uh, he it might bomb the Parthenon. That was like not a, disclosed a, a, last week. No, it, dude, you, that's where my prom pictures were. You better chill. Honestly, right? that's, that's where no... like, everyone's engagement photos have been. <laughs> yeah, taken. right. I have no intentions to terrorize the Parthenon. But I all I said, Will, was that I think the Parthenon's a little overrated. Just a little. Okay. It's not even rated, though. Yeah, How can just... it be overrated if it's not rated? It's uh, it. I feel like at this point, we're in too deep with the Titans imagery and like how You're it right. relates to the building that yeah there's no going back now You're like right. you, you might as well like regardless of your feelings on it you might as well just lean into it that, um yeah i feel like it's not even like i agree i'm kind of with austin like it's not really an attraction where like tourists are coming in like we got to go see the parthenon like i don't right, know right does like does stacy and katie from you know dallas texas <laughs> on their bachelorette party in nashville know that we have a parthenon I'm, no they I, drive I'm by and no. they're like what's that stacy like is that like, the state capital like what, oh my gosh. What, what is that's <laughs> the biggest totally courtroom I have ever seen. Oh, I wonder if there's a brunch place nearby. Let's Should we stop there picks. Sunday? Tag me in it. Tag me in it. Okay. You didn't tag me in the last one, you bitch. Like we <laughs> we as people that are from here, like we go to Midtown to avoid people like that because they don't <laughs> right, get that right. far uptown down west. End. Right. So like right. I, I I don't know if they are aware. Uh, you know, like once you get past the like the Jay Alexanders on West End, like you're on your own. Like that that's oh, yeah. that's local local territory. Shout all out I'm to saying, another great local establishment. All I'm saying is if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. That's, <laughs> okay. That's the hill I'm down on. Okay. They I, I I agree with you though. I I give me some columns. Make me feel like fully embrace the like Athens of the South feel and for two reasons. One, obviously it's your team namesake. It's the Titans. Right. But two to me, like you look at stadiums that are classic stadiums that age well, right? They're usually the ones that uh, are built to look classic. For example, Bush Stadium in St. Louis, where the 100%. Cardinals play, it, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful building. Uh, the old, I mean, I know they don't play there anymore, but the old ballpark in Arlington, where the Rangers play. To me, Lucas Oil Stadium. I hate the Colts, but Lucas Oil Stadium looks you. beautiful and it is going to age because it has that warehouse feel. It has that just old classic blue collar look to it. To me, if you can get a stadium that has like some old Greek columns, almost like like the front facade of like Franklin High School, like that yeah, type of look, sure. you know, or like give me that type of feel to it. And so it feels grand and it feels great while also looking classic and can age gracefully because what the, the design that they dropped, in my opinion, it's like, it, it just looks like it's Nashville. Now Nashville yes. today, 100%. What, what, but what will that look like in 10, 15 years? You know, like it's, it yeah. looks like the, the uh, what fifth and Broadway establishment, yes, which is, it it's, it's nice. It's a great thing, but, is that really going to age well uh, come right. 10, 15 years or will it look old kind of like 
um, what NRG stadium where the, where the Texans play. It just looks like a big, you know, box basically. I like yeah. I, uh, I honestly thought about that too. Uh, when you said that about, you know, the columns and the different things, because what I don't want the Titans to ever be. And I think sometimes they venture into is trying to major in old Nashville and new Nashville at the same time. Um, yeah. I think you've got to commit to something that's timeless around the NFL. A, I mean, that, that's, that's one of the boxes you've got to check. And honestly, you have such a big college football base in this city that you could do a lot worse than building what looks like a classic college football stadium, too. Yeah, right, right, I mean, exactly. Ben Hill Griffin Stadium in Florida is ugly, and that that stupid fake orange they have in there is ugly. But on the outside of it, anyone who's been there, it's brick. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Uh, and they actually mix kind of the new – they have the glass that's on the outside where their club level and press box is, but then it's brick other than that. Uh, I was just at Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge a couple weeks ago, and – that is like a classic, like Coliseum look on the outside uh, awesome. that I thought was really cool. And I think sometimes the Titans get in that kind of that middle ground of, you know, you know they want to be older Nashville and they want to still play, you know, uh, Folsom Prison Blues and they want to have the pain train stuff. And, and I love all of that. And then they have like a country singer who I've never heard of do like the code <laughs> of conduct thing of like, remember, don't, you know, keep the language clean. And I'm just like, no one's here for this. Like no one knows yeah. what that is. Like the time they tried to make Folsom Prison Blues be sung by all these different country singers that were like on their phones, like wherever they were. Like I've never been more upset at the Tennessee Titans and they went two and 14 within the decade. It's like always, even that didn't get me that mad. Too. Always. Right. Yeah. Always F, like Florida Georgia line. And if it's not Florida Georgia line, it's someone else with like bedazzled jeans for sure. It's someone with a cowboy hat that can't pull off a cowboy hat, whatever that yeah. is. Or it's a, a female with a fake country accent when I'm like, honey, you don't talk like that. Like it's yeah. your yeah. label's still going to keep you. You don't have to talk like that. Either a, a fake country accent or a real auto tuned accent. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I, I feel like. The outside of the stadium, I liked the inside a lot more than I liked the look of the outside on those renderings uh, because uh, it yes. feels like they're trying to do like, hey, let's make this kind of look like some of the new Nashville buildings. I'd rather them go the total opposite direction and just say, we're going to major in a classic Nashville look and we want to yeah. feel like Broadway did 20 years ago, not what it looks like now. Right. I would much rather them do that because I think that stands the test of time better than a stadium influencers are going to post about because I think everything in this city just cares too much about getting influencers involved. Well, I, who knows where influencers are going to live in 10 years and how they're even going to influence people. So I feel right. like the more we don't care about what influencers are going to post about the stadium, the more the stadium will actually be a success for people that live here and who don't. I like okay. that. And I also like what you said about, you know, the college presence that is, in the mid-state because obviously right. most people here are Vandy fans. Um, oh, wow. Interesting. <laughs> Do we switch to college baseball conversation real quick? What, what happened? Will, I've, I've, I've got to let you have As I sit my orange mug. <laughs> when I, Austin, when I reached out to Will last night, I said, Will, I'm going to give you an opportunity to rub the ball success in our faces. Oh, no, no, Jack. We did I've not agree to, to this. I did not agree to this. Look, the Vols are on cloud nine. But we all know that something's going to come crashing down. Cloud six, like Cloud we're we're above where we usually are. No, 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 no. I saw the no, I saw the reaction after the Alabama game. That is still, it is still nine. Putting up it a goalpost, nine point five. Even. Yeah, is cloud so nine behavior. It was cloud nine for 24 hours, 48 hours, 72 hours. It was cloud nine for 72 <laughs> I, I, I think, hours. I, I think people are still clamoring about the Alabama win, even, and they've played a game since. Oh, then. that's true. That, that 100% is true. Right. Um, but Alabama is, is I mean, it, yeah. Experience. 
right. spiritual and that feeling. First time yeah. in 16 years or uh, yeah, yep. 16, right? Yeah. Yep. Like that's, I mean, it, it is, it, it was an incredible, it was an amazing game and it was the perfect, you know, like build up to the game and everything. Yep. And it For finally, sure. the, the dragon was slayed. So I get it. I'm not, I'm not knocking. I would still be touting it if I was a ball fan. <laughs> the thing is like a lot of us had to then come to terms with being legitimate national championship contenders like after that 72 hours was over because i did not let myself think about that it was always like i don't i, I was like i don't think they can beat them i think they lose on a late field goal i said it all week said it on our show i had bronchitis that whole week but the one day i was there i think out of nervousness i had bronchitis that whole week but uh okay. the day before the show was like I, I just think it's it comes down to the wire this team takes thus uh, takes the next step but not the step you uh, almost quickly, you're, you almost nailed that that prediction. I was close. Too. If, <laughs> if it wasn't nailed it, if it wasn't Not an Alabama that. kicker, I probably would have. Um, <laughs> right, right. I'm very happy to be wrong about it, but um, I don't know. Like I just feel I was driving home and I like called my brother and I was like, "So like are the playoff picture?" And he was like, "No, don't, don't, don't. Literally, don't say that." Like I don't. I, and I think there's there's an element of college football. And Alex Kirshner, I'll give a shout out to him, wrote this column after the game that was beautiful in saying that there are so many teams in college football that there aren't enough championships to go around for teams to feel the peak level of euphoria, that those moments of tearing down a goalpost after beating your arch rival after 16 years is the peak of college football. Like mm -hmm. there are many, many people who will remember that image more than they remember who win the national championship this year. And it's a unique aspect of college football where, yeah, you have so many teams that, that like there aren't enough trophies to go around for everyone it's why winning the sec east is is the big step for you know seven teams of the sec obviously mm -hmm. uh so it felt like that moment was something that i looked at my dad you know as i'm puffing the end of my cigar before we leave there and i looked at him and i was like even if alabama beats tennessee in the sec championship like no one is taking away this experience we had right now right. listening to dixie land alight and smoking a cigar and just uh, uh, toasting to the haters and losers uh, among us and the mm -hmm. Alabama band that was still sitting in the exact same seats they were an hour before when the game ended and the field was beginning to be rushed. Um, you know, so that that's kind of where I'm at at this point. Like, I, I'm horrified. I'm horrified. Like I said at halftime, I was like, I'm horrified of what's about to happen either, either way. Because either, like, this team now has insane expectations or they're just still going to be a step away. And if not now, when? Like, it, the amount of... The amount of thoughts and years that were taken off my life in that in that game were probably a little embarrassing. <laughs> uh, all right, one last Titans question before we get you out of here. Um, I've on a scale of one to ten, let's say. Okay. How nervous are you about this? Uh, the Titans' offense. <sighs> Honestly, I don't even know if nervous is the word. Like, I just think I know what it is. Um, like to me, I'd say it's like a four. Because the Tennessee Titans at their best aren't the high-powered offense where the defense has to to kind of piece it together. And I know it's such an archaic way of looking at football, but it's the way this team and you know is being coached and the way this team has been constructed that this is closer to the 2019 model that got you to the AFC Championship game. Um, and, and the reason why it's only a four for me is because I think Derrick Henry's pissed off. Um, you know, you guys had Mike Keith on the on the podcast and. You know, you talk to him, you talk to anyone around that building, you just talk to beat writers that are there every day covering those press conferences. He's pissed. He still is. I mean, Mike Keith said it on our first show going into week one, uh, one of the first weeks of our show, that he is genuinely still taking the loss to Cincinnati personally. 
from the playoffs last year, and it's going to continue to. I mean, him ripping off the helmet on the touchdown on the phantom holding call against Traylon Burks in Indy a few weeks ago, him ripping off his helmet and yelling into the camera is not something you see Derrick Henry do in playoff games, much less the beginning of a regular season. So I think this is the kind of team that he can put on his back and carry as long as they get some kind of pass protection to throw the deep ball. Like I, I, they're, they're in a weird crossroads right now where they're not winning one-on-one matchups at the line of scrimmage long enough to throw it deep. But they also don't have the athleticism at wide receiver to get any kind of separation. So you have to have one or the other to have any kind of explosive passing game, and you have neither. So you are relying on Derrick Henry to be closer to Christian McCaffrey in 2019 than, than Derrick Henry in 2019 and, and catch the ball and do all these different things. So uh, I actually really like the Chris Conley move that they made, a guy that ha- has a 500-yard season in his career and is just a fourth wide receiver. He's you know, him and Nick Westbrook-Akina, to me, are similar kinds of, of guys when you have a deep wide receiving core. So I like that move. You know, the former Georgia guy that's that's been in Houston and been in Kansas City. But I think for this team right now, they, they just are who they are, and it's going to have to be defense first. So I'm not nervous about what the offense is because I just feel like we know what this offense is and we know what good teams have been and while the Titans have been good uh, on offense. And that's been, you know, pretty pedestrian and pretty just kind of vanilla. Well, you just got punked because uh, I have one more question. Okay. Okay. Uh, I lied. You, uh, the, the trade deadline will be about a week from almost right now as we speak. And do the Titans make a move prior to the deadline? Uh, I don't think so. I think Dennis Daly was the no, move on the offensive that, line. That's boring. Will. No, see, it's a two-part answer because do I think they will make a move? No. Do I think they should make a move? Yes. I definitely do. When you're when you're looking at guys like James Robinson being traded for a fifth round pick at this point, you know, we've got to we've got to look at Kendrick Bourne in in New England who had 800 yards last year and is on pace for 40 targets this season. I mean, it, Brandon Cooks would be the pick when you talk about the speed and athleticism he has. Obviously, that trade's not happening uh, within the division from you know from Houston to Tennessee, but. I think there are guys out there. I mean, Nelson Aguilar, like someone literally like that, that has been a number two at the wide receiver position. You could do so much worse than that. In fact, you know, doing worse is by just continuing to churn the practice squad and trying to figure out if these guys who've had cups of coffee here can, can do something. I, I keep saying on the show that the Titans are not good enough at wide receiver to just immediately scoff at anyone who's available at that position around the NFL. The only reason I would scoff at anyone is because they're in the division and, you know, Houston's not going to trade somebody across division lines and neither is Jacksonville and, and certainly neither is Jim Irsay and Indy. Um, so I don't think they'll make a move. I think Dennis Daly is what they feel like their move was on the offensive line. But if I'm betting on something happening, I think it's a fifth round pick for a wide receiver. And I think they're going to bet on the fact that they can piece it together up front with more weapons that don't need as much time to get open versus the opposite. Because I think Mike Vrabel bets on his own ability to develop linemen and Keith Carter and all these guys. They develop on their they they bet on their ability to develop these linemen uh, and get somebody else at receiver. We'll see. Yeah, that, that's a frustrating thing because it's like you see the Jets uh, lose Brees Hall in, yeah. on, to an injury, and literally the next day they go out and they trade for a really good back in James Robinson. Now, don't get me wrong. I love to see James Robinson get out of the division. Right. But 
it's it's frustrating to see that. And then and then meanwhile, you see the Titans cling on to draft picks like they're gold, like they're money. And and I and get that. Spend that's them not, on Racy McMath, respectfully. That's right. That's not a Titans <laughs> thing. That's an NFL league wide thing where they think draft picks are cash and it's not, it's, it's not that at all, especially when you've got a team like the Titans who haven't drafted great over yeah. the past few years. Cole McDonald was a draft pick. Like I, I would rather take a <laughs> right. chance on Nelson Aguilar <laughs> than have Cole McDonald. Use that for- Cole Mc- which, which we love Cole McDonald around here, but use that draft pick, that Cole McDonald draft pick as capital to get someone else. And literally just a, a year ago, we saw it played out where the Rams spent all of their assets yep. to go and win now, and you and it worked. It paid off. So that is a method that has proven to work. I, I just it, it makes me frustrated when the Titans have huge problems, huge holes in their in their game and in their offensive output mostly this season. And they're just sitting on their hands thinking, oh well, we're gonna, we're gonna, hey, we're gonna post this uh this help wanted sign out in front of uh, St. Thomas sports park. And hopefully guys will line up and start working. And if, Hey, if you want a job with a real NFL team, we'll give that to you as opposed to going out and getting actual talent that is proven that has success. They want these like underdog guys. They want these, like, uh, you're going to work for your spot. They want Vrabel yeah. personality guys like it. And that's Mike Vrabel's awesome. He's coach of the year for a reason. You know, I, I'm glad that he's here, but Mike Vrabel identifies with that kind of player. Right. He, he identifies with the Aaron Brewers of the world and wants yes. to give them a chance probably longer than he should. I also think we as Titans media, and I, I will take a shot at our, our good friend Buck Rising in this because he's a culprit of this. Oh, your sh- uh, shots at Buck Rising are always welcome. On this we podcast. as Titans media so often. How many times have you heard a fan ask a question about a trade? The immediate response is, no, they, they would never do that. That does not fit what John Robinson wants to do. That's what they said about Jadavian Clowney and Julio Jones, both things that happened. Buck is a culprit of this. Where It's like, no, don't, don't, don't come at me with this, with this news about just this so-and-so player that you think you're going to get. No, absolutely not. Uh, the same people also said the Titans wouldn't trade A.J. Brown. So I feel like the 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 message from reporters is so often like this isn't a video game like th- these yeah, this is right, real right. life football like I, the the LA Rams just literally played the video game better than everyone else last year you know the Jets just did it like the next game like before you even go to eat dinner as you finish the game you just finished on Madden and you trade for someone else because your running back just got hurt and your food's getting cold like that's what the New York Jets just did anyway rant over. Yeah, no, I I'm with you, dude. It's a it's and yeah, it's it's for that reason that the Titans are going to go out and get OBJ uh, later this year, right? <laughs> yeah, that that's already happened by the time this, but between the, when we're recording this and when this is dropped, if that okay has already happened, then uh, and 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 when it when it does inevitably happen, uh, Will, can you believe the Titans signed to OBJ? Unbelievable. I mean, what what a move that they've made. Uh, you know, I I already saw him. He was outside in Nissan Stadium reenacting. His, his one-handed catch. They actually put him in the new renderings of the new stadium just to make it as yeah. realistic as possible with the newest Titan in the newest Titan stadium. They actually photoshopped him in a Titans jersey making a one-handed catch in the new end zone. Really cool yeah. to see the, the design team get that done so fast. I, I just love that he already dyed his hair two-tone blue. Like, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's great. I'm sure OBJ it. will be thrilled to average 30 yards receiving a game here. I mean, he's <laughs> he's one of the what 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 does PFF say about his run blocking ability? Can we look that up before we? Before good question. Receiver than Cody Hollister because if he <laughs> is, I don't want him. <laughs>
Well, he's he's definitely better at that than Julio Jones is because he'll do it and and not fake a hamstring injury. Not fake. That's mean. Uh, he'll he, he'll he won't have a hamstring injury upon run blocking for the first time. There yeah, you go. Julio's hamstrings made of paper mache. <laughs> Well, for anyone wondering uh, why this man was listed as a phenom, you just got a taste of it over the last 20 or so minutes. Uh, Will, dude, thank you for your time. You're the man. Uh, everyone listen to uh, Ramon, Kayla, and Will. Got it. Okay, 6 to 10 every yes. every weekday morning. 6 to 10. Yes, sir. 104.5 The Zone WGFX. Uh, Will, dude, thank you, man. We appreciate it. Thanks, boys. Appreciate y'all. Jack, we got our first visual images of renderings of a potential Titans stadium. And I'll be I'll I'll be I'll be honest. Got the juices flowing a little bit. Oh, got me big time. Got me excited. Got me it got me tingling in my loins. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I liked it. However, the more I sat and chewed on it, the less of a good aftertaste it had. I look, I'm all for the new stadium. I want the new stadium. I'm excited. I'm just I'm so ready for for what we got going on. I love the fact that the the architecture firm put a photo of Derrick Henry stiff arming Josh Norman in on the jumbotrons inside the stadium. Love that little tension detail stuff like that gets me going. However, I feared that, and we kind of talked about it with Will Bowling a little bit. The stadium looks like just every other new build in Nashville. And for someone who grew up in Nashville, for someone that calls still calls Nashville home to this day, I I I don't I don't like it because I don't think it's gonna age well. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like uh Nashville over the past 10 years has shot themselves up with Botox. Okay, it's an old city with a new look and it's, it's trying to stay young, trying to stay hip, trying to stay the it city for as long as you possibly can. You want to ride this wave in. And I get that. I think they should I think the city's done a phenomenal job of doing that. But I wonder what's that going to look like in 10, 15 years. It's not a timeless look in my opinion. And if that's actually, and I know this is the first renderings, things are going to change a million times over before they actually put shovel in dirt, but I'm, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not sold on it. I, I saw NFL memes already posted a joke where it was like, it looks like a giant top golf. And to me, that's exactly what it oh, looks I hate like. That. I, I don't agree. But it, with that. It's true. If you look at on the outside, the outside facade, it looks like a, a top golf. Like all, the only thing that's missing are the nets. And then from oh, the yeah. top, from the top, looking down, someone else made a joke, I, which I, I, I don't think I have the uh oh I have, I've got it right here. Um Reese Lusk uh, on Twitter uh tweeted that the top of it looks like a uh, PlayStation 1, which it is true. It does kind of look like a PlayStation 1. I'm I'm just not I like it. I I I like it. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to sound like a like a like I'm not grateful. I just I don't want them to I don't want them to I don't want them to screw this up because to me, they screwed up Nissan Coliseum. Well, they built they, it too fast. I mean, they I mean, built, but Adam they built was it. So, so, so excited to move the team here that he did it so quickly that, I mean, elevators weren't even in there for like three years. So they just rushed. That. Well, I, not and it's not, it's, that's not even a rushing thing. That's a cost thing. 
They did not put any money into that stadium because most of it was taxpayer funded. So they made it as cheap as possible so they could get the approval to get the team to Nashville. I now with it being publicly, when you, when you don't put any money to it, money into it, then, you know, 20 years down the road, you have a situation where it costs 2 billion to to give it a facelift and you don't want to do that. You just got to tear it down and build a new one. And I, I understand that the new Nashville area, or just new Nashville in general rubs people who are from here the wrong way. And I'm a part of it. I like, I agree. Like there's, there's some things that Nashville is kind of leaning into that I wish they weren't. But that being said, just because this Titan stadium is new doesn't mean I have an issue with it because look, you spend $2 billion on something. It's going to look nice. It's going to look sure. I mean, I, I trust the direction that the city of Nashville has going into this, especially, you know, the Titans, because Let's face it, Amy Adams and that that family, I mean, they're traditionalists. I don't think that they're going to go full-on Florida-Georgia line on us. The, the translucent roof kicks ass, in my opinion. The 60,000 people, yeah, I'd like it to, you know, the capacity to be a little bigger. But, I mean, when they're struggling to fill up Nissan Stadium, it's hard to make a case there. Yeah, uh, if it's 60,000, they, they're going to need at least 9,420 more people in there, to be honest with you. 9,420, I agree. But look, I like it, and I, I, I'm, I, I want everybody in Nashville, or just like mainly the people that listen to this podcast, because I guarantee you, not everyone in Nashville listens to this. But <laughs> come I, on, Jack, let's I, let's I, not I let's not be. This isn't a time to cook, uh, cry for humility. Okay, <laughs> look, I I don't want us to kind of you know assume the worst with how this is going to pop up because of what they did to Broadway. I think Broadway's an anomaly. Broadway Broadway is is. Its own entity. I don't. I don't think the Titans are going to Broadway this new stadium and ruin. But one of the one of the things that keeps Broadway still feeling like Nashville is because all of those buildings that they've revamped and re- refurbished are all <coughs> are all historic buildings. They're all they're all like you they're can't touch buildings. the outside. Yeah. So it when you walk down Lower Broad, you still feel like you're in this like. Like downtown it. It's like downtown Franklin. It downtown Franklin is timeless. It's traditional. It's classic. And that's what I feel like the Titans need to go with. I said it, I mentioned it with uh, Will Bowling, but I I feel like you need to do you can do a new build and make it look traditional, all uh like Bush Stadium in and look, I, I I hate the Cardinals as much as anyone, but I can admit that is a beautiful stadium. My goodness, Wrigley Field. The 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 what they've done with Wrigley Field. Where? Oh, goodness, Look, I can't stop coughing. I I, I just feel like I don't know. How, I, do I want this, this. How do you go old school with two billion dollars? I mean, that's not like an easy thing to do. Like when you have two point whatever billion dollars, they're gonna they're gonna kind of ramp it up. They're gonna use the best technology, and you know. We all well, got a, a you, press release how much, talking about the, the features that this design would have. Part of that's exterior terraces and porches with panoramic views of Nashville. I love that, to be able to look out on the city from inside the stadium. Um, a circular-shaped, high-tech, translucent roof. That kicks ass for me. And I think they're going to find a way to, like Will said, you know, bring air into it. Uh, you don't want it to be just a closed-off dome like Mercedes-Benz. But you know, I, I think it's going to work. It's going to be high-tech, sure. But I, I just don't think they're going to, for lack of a better term, Broadway it. 
look, I'll say this. I, I guess really what I'm getting at is I see these renditions and I see some I, I see some some stacks holding up like the, a lot of those like terraces that you talked about are all being supported by beams. OK. I'm not even going to say columns because these are just straight up beams. I thought you were going to say the jets are going to come in and melt them. Wow, dude. What is that oh, yeah. a 9-11 joke? Listen, terrorist, I don't think you should be it, making 9-11 jokes. This is not the week for you to be making 9-11 jokes. That's got to go. We're going to have to cut <laughs> No, no, that's staying. That is staying in the podcast, Jack. <laughs> With you and your history of terrorism, you are people need to you need to be ousted. So you've got these you've got these beams and our, our guy, Eldon English, has already tweeted at us. OK, these these plant these uh, mock ups just came out like a couple of hours ago. And Eldon English at strike one, one, three has already tweeted at us at tighten up pod and said these count as columns because what have I been gung ho about from day one? Give me some columns. Give me some Corinthian columns like you see at the Parthenon. I want it to feel Greek. I want it to feel classic Greek and with with a modern touch. And they've they, we've got some beams, sure, but those are not columns. Eldon, I love you, but those are not columns, okay? And Marcus Hall uh Oh, we're going to get to Marcus Hall. He tweeted him and said they look more like pillars, which we have we've had that distinction. Which one is it? I don't want I hate pillars unless it's a Zach pillar. I hate pillars. I need columns. Give me columns. I want this thing to be surrounded by just a row of columns. Make it feel Greek. Let's make this look like a, like the actual Colosseum. And I know that's Roman and not Greeks, but I, 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 I want it to feel very old and like Greek mythology. Make it as you pull up to this stadium, you know exactly what you're pulling up to. OK, because right now, if you pull up to that building right there, it looks like you're pulling up to a uh, like a cane prime steakhouse. OK, like I don't want that. I Give me I don't want to pull up. I want opposing guys to be like, are, wait, I thought we had a game today. Are we going top golfing? No, no, no. This well, is you, actually the Titan Stadium. You don't want cane prime. You're more of a Jimmy Kelly's when it comes to the stadium. Right. Yes. I think yes, that's that is that is fair. Give me something that like and you've got so much history and tradition around Nashville that's already ingrained and been made historic buildings like, you know, all of these like civil war buildings. All oh, this building was born built in 1736, you know. Uh, Andrew Jackson built this with his bare hands. Actually, <laughs> let's be honest. He didn't bear he was a slave owner. He didn't have he didn't build anything with his bare hands. But like you you know what I'm saying? Like that is you need You've got that already around the city. So why not make this stadium blend in that way with some brick or with something just to make it look classic? And I don't the only reason I'm so gung ho about this and we've spent so much time talking about it is because I don't want them to screw this up like they screwed up the last one. I don't want to have to wait 23 more years or 26 more years for a like for them to be like, oh, OK, well, we're going to do this over again and build another new stadium. Like I I want them to get this right. And I want this stadium to last for almost ever, you know? Yeah, I understand. And it's it is important to to reiterate that this is just the first renderings, but they are comparing it to the Chase Center, which is the Golden State Warriors new home and the Death Star down in Las Vegas, which are two of the most badass arenas in professional sports. So. I'm I'm willing to give it a chance. I, I think it's going to be awesome. Oh, I think it's going to kick ass. 
I think the inside is going to look tremendous. I think the, uh, the, and it's going to be very high tech. It's going to be, it's going to be very cool. It's going to be state of the art, top of the line. It's going to be awesome. I, it's think about like having concerts in there. They're going to have all that thought out because it, you know, obviously with Nashville's background, they're going to have it thought out to where they can interchange things like, uh, you know, have a, uh, WrestleMania and a final, final four. four. Right. Which uh, a final fourth, only 60,000 seats when they could easily do one at like a hundred thousand seat stadium. I don't, I don't know how that's going to fly. Well, Nashville, I think Nashville's different than Indianapolis, I guess, but the capacity has got to be bigger in my, my opinion, but is the Titans who have been the most injured team in football over the last few years are now building a stadium that's playing surface is turf. <laughs> that doesn't seem like a good match. Yeah. That, let's just make, let's just hope that the training room is twice I, as big in the new stadium. Than uh, it I, is I do appreciate one. that. It'll probably come after Derrick Henry is done in Tennessee. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Him. It'll yeah. just be Hassan Haskins who has to suffer. Yeah. Good one, dude. Like Derrick Henry's ever going to be done in Nashville. That dude <laughs> is going to, he's going to be the Tom Brady of running backs. You're going to be like, how is this guy still playing in year seven? Hopefully um, he doesn't throw his marriage away to prove Adam Sheffield wrong. Yeah. No, th- that is true. All right. Let's get to remember the Titan. Uh, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I'll go first this week. There's not a whole lot to mine. Um, let's just get into it. My member of the Titan this week went to two colleges, Florida and Notre Dame. He played cornerback for the Titans in 2015 and 2016, played in just 14 games with the team. His name is Cody Tyler Riggs. Cody Riggs, he went to St. Thomas Aquinas for his high school, very uh, very highly touted program down in Florida. He committed to Florida out of college over Georgia, Notre Dame, and Tennessee. Then he uh, transferred to Notre Dame, uh, played under Will Muschamp in, in, in Florida before getting up to uh, South Bend. Didn't get drafted in the 2015 draft, but the Titans signed him to a UDFA contract following the draft. Unfortunately, um, shortly after that, right after training camp had come to a close, Riggs was released by the Titans. But four days later, he was re-signed by the Titans. But then, less than a month later, he was again released by the Titans. He went to Tampa Bay in 2016, uh, practice squad guy there, um, waived, re-signed, released, you know, the Cody Riggs cycle, as they call it. Then he ended up with the Orlando Apollos of the AAF, in 2018, uh, made the team, but obviously we know how the story of the AAF went. They ceased operations just like two months in, into their season. Um, but Cody Riggs is actually brothers with Gerald Riggs, who was a running back at Tennessee. His father was a three-time pro bowler, um, Gerald Riggs. His brother, Gerald Riggs Jr., um what was the running back at Tennessee but his father was a three-time pro bowler for the Atlanta Falcons in Washington R words um so you know Cody Riggs comes from a football family he's got Tennessee ties although he did choose Florida over Tennessee sorry Vols fans um you got your revenge the, the Cody Riggs revenge game happened this year but Cody Riggs is my guy you know he forced one fumble in his time with the Titans came against the New Orleans Saints in 2015 um, fifth, excuse me, 14 tackles, one TFL. Cody Riggs, we hadn't done him before. There's few players out there that we haven't gotten to on Remember the Titan. Cody Riggs yeah. is one of them. We remember. I'm surprised you found him. Um, 
well done because yeah it is hard it is hard to find a player that we have done before and honestly the guy i have this week i don't know if we've done him before i just don't know and but frankly i'm just doing them anyway so if you can find the episode in the last uh 137 episodes prior to this one where we did do this guy then sure let me know but in if you can't then then Forget it because this is this is hard to do at the point where we're at, which is why I'm going with a guy, Jack. Before I say who this is, let me take a take you back in Titans history to a Titans training camp. There was a battle at a very important position for the Tennessee Titans. Was position Nikki fighting somebody in this battle? No, no, not not that, not a physical battle, okay. not a not an actual battle, but more of a. Uh, uh, proverbial battle. It was at a position that is very important to the Titans, one where they have rich history, and one that we talked about a little earlier in this podcast. A guy by the name of Tucker McCann was oh. going up against was going up against another guy by the name of Sam Ficken. It was a neck and neck race to win the Titans starting kicker battle out of training camp. Each day, guys would would nail kicks. Some of them would miss kicks. And it was back and forth, neck and neck, to the point where Titans media really couldn't decide who was the better kicker. So, Jack, you and I on this podcast, we decided to take sides. You took Sam Ficken. I took Tucker McCann. (laughs) And let's just say Tucker McCann, because he ended up getting cut. Well, actually, I think he got injured. Which led him to getting cut. He probably oh, would have. Players were injured. <laughs> it, go, it goes. It goes back to my what if theory, where he he would have he would have won the kicking job if he didn't get injured. Um, but yeah, but and then Sam Ficken. So it was looking like, oh, Sam Ficken's gonna get the job. But no, he got he got hurt. So who's gonna be the Titans kicker? In walks my remember the Titan, Mister Michael Badgley, the Ooh. Money Badger. Now, we know Michael Badgley, not just because he's a kicker with a nickname, but because he came from the Los Angeles Chargers. And um, and it he ended up filling in uh, for injured kicker Sam Ficken, promoted to the active roster a day after he showed up, and in a 38-13 to week one loss to the Arizona Cardinals, one that we probably should never mention again because we buried that tape and we burnt it. Badgley missed an extra point and a 46-yard field goal, which only added to the terror of that day. And Such a bad day. Yeah, he made one extra point in the game and was waived the next day. And that concludes Michael Badgley's time as a Tennessee <laughs> Titan. Uh, and look, as uh, Kenny showed us on Sunday night, you don't want a quarterback named Pickett. And as Michael showed us, uh, I feel the same is true for a kicker. You don't want a kicker with bad in his last name. You just don't want it. So Michael Badgley. Or Kareem. Or Kareem. Or Kareem. I. (laughs) You don't. Michael Badgley. One game as a Titan. A game that we kind of want to forget. Which is why I don't know why I'm bringing you up as a remember the Titan. But I kind of had to because we're running low. Uh, University of Miami uh, graduate. I was going to say their finest, but he's not their finest in Nashville. Yeah. That's for sure. He's made 80.5% of his kicks, and he's currently the kicker for the Detroit Lions. 
which might explain why they're so bad. Um, I'll look, I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean to, you know, kick a man while he's down, but I just wish if, in my opinion, if Tucker McCann doesn't get injured and starts week one, the Titans beat the Colts. I mean, the Titans beat the Cardinals in that week one game. You remember he was a punter kicker hybrid out of Missouri. Some would call that a picker. Um, mm-hmm. Others would call it something else, but I mean, you're right. If McCann doesn't go down, the Titans beat the Colts. No, the Cardinals. See, I made the same mistake. See, and and you and I don't even make that mistake on this podcast. Um, Cardinals. Yeah, Uh, but they probably beat the Colts too. Honestly, Um, McCann was he was he was a thick kicker too. I mean, he could have filled in for Lawan when they needed him. Ooh, oh, that's that's what the Titans should do. The Titans should sign the uh, Mizzou kicker this year. Oh man, that guy's humongous, dude. The thicker, massive man. He and wears he's the he, most inconsistent player I've ever seen in my life. He'll hit like 75 yard field goals and then miss the kick against who was it the other week? Harrison Mevis. It was Auburn. Okay. Auburn, he missed, right. Oh, that game. This guy, this guy is literally, I'm I'm pretty sure, and I'm uh I'll have to double check, but I'm pretty sure he is perfect from beyond 50 in his career. Beyond 50, he's perfect. And then he misses like a 17 yarder against the freaking Auburn Tigers to win the game. It was, that was unbelievable. And then he he did miss a kick on Saturday, but that was just because the wind, the wind was insane on, on Saturday. I got to give you credit. Your Missouri Tigers, they topped Vandy. Vandy, Vandy had a chance at the end. See, now this is the content. All of our Tennessee Vols fans want to hear the Mizzou Vandy rivalry and Mizzou comes out 14 point favorites. And they squeak one out by three points. They had a 17 point lead and they let Vanderbilt just sneak into the game. Did nothing in the second half, much like the Titans. I, my football fandom is kind of parallel this season in the sense that I, the teams just, well, I guess the, the Titans have been great lately. So I can't, I can't knock them. But Mizzou, goodness, man, it's like they almost beat Georgia. They, they should have beaten Auburn. They should have beaten Florida. There's three straight weeks where they should have won games. And then, Last week, when they're actually favored against Vandy by 14, they have a 17-point lead and do nothing in the second half like the Titans. And There are some teams that just shouldn't ever be favored by two touchdowns. One of those is Missouri. The other one apparently happens to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who got smoked by the Carolina Panthers after selling their entire core, essentially. If Tom Brady retires midseason as a Tampa Bay Buck, John Robinson... Does John Robinson make the call? Oh God. Does he try and make up for all the uh you know, yeah, you, know you know there's there's a collection of Titans fans out there that are like the Titans never should have gotten Tannehill and should have gotten Brady in that I'll, offseason. I'll tell you what, Austin, if Bart Durham handles divorce cases, Tom Brady might come to Nashville. Bart Durham. I think Bart Durham follows me on Twitter. Um that's not a good thing. Is it? I they, I, I don't know how to feel about it, honestly. He, um, he's got a look about him. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, you know, it'd be a funny costume dressing up as Bart Durham for Halloween. What are you going to be? Are you dressing up this year? I would not dress up as Bart Durham because you don't dress up as lawyers because they more than anyone have the ability to sue you. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> well, so are, are, uh, you, are you dressing up? Yeah, I'll probably go as a dad. <laughs> oh. No, I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking. I don't know. I, so my daughter's got a Derrick Henry jersey, and I was thinking the other well, day because her name is Derrick, after all. Right. I call her her. Yeah, her, her actual name is Kennedy, and so I call her Derrick Henry. 
I like is a, it's a fun name, Derek Henry. And um, we'll and appreciate I, that when she's older, I'm sure. I I thank you. I appreciate that. And I I'm trying to get her into football. I bought her a little stuffed plush toy football. All she does is spike it. I like to think she's going to be a quarterback, and because she just likes to throw it. Um, but I. I'm if if worse comes to worse and we don't have a, a, a costume for her, I'm just going to have her dress up like Derrick Henry, maybe put some eye black under her eye, yeah, like the cross the cross eye black. And God, that looks so cool. Right. I, I, I in fact, the more I think about it, the more I think I'm actually going to do that, but we don't have anywhere to take her trick or treating. So I don't know what we're going to do. And oh, she's only like you go door to door in Chicago and nothing will go wrong. <laughs> Classic Chicago crime joke. Uh, all right, let's end on that note because that was a good, that was a, that was a solid joke. Um, all right, I'm going to, uh, guys, follow this podcast on all the socials at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter, at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram. Oh, I meant to mention this off the top of the show and I completely forgot to. But um, look, A to Z Sports, all we do is win here, okay? And I, and I, I like to take, um credit even though i'm such a small role in the success of this company like such a minute role because it is all built on the backs of austin and zach and all of the work that they have done and got recognized for best startup in the music sports and entertainment division by the uh the entrepreneur i i, I should have had this all like a, the entre center or something it, it yeah next award is what it's called the, Right. Next 2022, uh, A to Z Sports was not just nominated, but now has the the hardware, has the trophy for this. And that's a huge deal because and I, I think it's I think it's nice for Austin and Zach because those guys have worked their asses off. And I'll never forget. And I, I bring this up to them all the time. Uh, I'll never forget the meeting I had with them initially about starting this podcast. We were at a Panera Bread in Green Hills. I was in town in Nashville and they were like, Hey, let's, let's meet up. And they, they talked to me and A to Z was, was already growing at that point And they were doing great work. Um, nothing like what it is now. It is, it is just skyrocketed since that meeting, but it was like, you know, it was steadily growing and they were putting a lot of work in and, and sales and everything doing great stuff. And then they, uh, then they, they, they say, Hey, we want to start this Titans podcast. We want you to host it. And we got a guy that we think would be great with you. Hey, aren't they? Look at them as matchmakers. They did a freaking, they knocked it out of the park with this duo right here. Hinge when you've got Austin and Zach. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to see like, hey, like if like if you have trouble, like finding the love of your life, just hit up Austin and Zach because they'll probably be able to find a match for you. But I, I like and in that meeting, they were telling me their vision for A to Z sports. And I'll be damned if their vision, what has actually transpired, hasn't met their vision. And maybe even more so they have continued to grow this thing. And it is, it has been so cool to see. And I'm so proud of, of those two dudes because we all used to work at, I'll, I'll say it. We worked at one Oh two five, the game, and we're all kind of ousted from one Oh two five, the game uh, at, at various times and weren't, weren't, I guess we, we, our, 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 our talents. And I don't even want to throw myself in their boat because what they've done is just so far beyond anything I've done but our talents weren't appreciated all left and went on and kind of did our own thing. And those two dudes went on to build a to Z and it's been, it's been phenomenal and I'm so proud of them. And I just want to thank them again for the opportunity to play just the tiniest of roles in this whole thing. 
And I, I, I'm, I'm, it's just such a, it's so awesome. Proud of them. And I, and I can't wait to see what's next there. See, there you go. That's the name Good. of the war. Way to tie that I, together. Yeah. And I, and I, so, yeah, so I, let's, let's keep this, this, this ship moving forward. So again, follow A to Z sports on all the socials, every, everywhere you go, because, and you, you'll be better for it. And look, and if you don't now you're going to eventually, so you might as well just knock it off now because this, this, ship is going to the moon and i'm just happy to have a seat on it yeah I, that was well said i second what you said it, it, it is great to be a part of this team because it it does feel like we are just stacking win after win after win growing in yeah it, they've, they've got a vision they're sticking to it and it's paying off big time so well and 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 we we can we can speak to that. We can attest to uh, what they've done as award winners ourselves, Jack. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah, from, from award the, winner to other award winners. We right as what it, what it takes to get as know. recipients of the Sobros twenty twenty one Spirit of Nashville Best Nashville Sports Podcast to not be nominated for Best Nashville Sports Podcast. We know what it's like to your see your hard work pay off, and uh-huh. uh, we're just so proud of those dudes. I'm worried about this year with the Sobros. Um, Recently, Stoney Keeley, the founder of Sobros Network, was spotted Ooh. matching Lizzo t-shirts with Zach Lyons of the Edward. Edward. There's a little confusion, look, if I do say so myself. Scandal. There's this. I'll I'll just say it, it's a full blown scandal. This is. Uh, I actually read about this on the on on page six the other day that those two were were canoodling and uh, socializing out on the town in their matching Lizzo tees. And it's a little shady to say the least, honestly, you know, that's kind of like when that ref asked for Mike Evans autograph, which just happened to be his phone number to give to a golf pro in college station. I'm right. not sure I buy that story. Yeah. Tony Keeley, Zach Lyon. Yeah. Yeah. Stony Keeley. Are you getting your, you're giving uh, Zach Lyons your phone number uh, for a golf pro in, in College Station? Or or are you two just enjoying a night out of the town, shaking your thangs at a Lizzo concert? Huh? We want answers. The people are demanding answers. Because, frankly, I don't think that's fair when it comes time to voting for uh, Sobros Network Podcast of the Year. Uh, because uh, at the very we're least, not just built an excuse at this point. We're not just coming for a repeat of our Sobros Network 2021 Spirit of Nashville Best Nashville Sports Podcast to not be nominated for Best Nashville Sports Podcast Award. We're coming to win Sobros Network 2021 Spirit of Nashville Best Nashville Sports Podcast. We've set so, our sights on a bigger goal. We we want we well, I wouldn't say bigger because I think I think our award That's is just true. as big, but a, a just as big goal. Yes. First um so Stoney Keeley, Zach Lyons. We demand answers. The people demand answers. Tuppers, get our backs on this one. And um, matching that, shirts, the yeah. nerve. You know, so bros. We're like so chicks. Am I right? If they're going to Lizzo concerts, hey, there's guys that like Lizzo. She's got some. Pain. I know, I know. Lizzo, Lizzo does kind of slap. Yeah, you know that one, right? Uh, that's a good point to end it. Why thank God for not a real guy? Okay. Uh, I just took a DNA test. Turns out nothing wrong with liking Lizzo, by the way. Also, Zach Lyons definitely not a hundred percent that bitch. Okay, mm-hmm. he's like he's maybe fifteen percent that bitch. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that bitch energy. No, not at all. Not at all. Okay, all right, let's get out of here. <laughs> What'd you say? You got that snitch energy. 
Halloween, that witch energy. Oh, maybe I should get into the music industry. Is did Jack is Jack dropping bars on the way out the door? I think he is. Follow him on Twitter at Jack A Gentry. You can follow myself on Twitter at Austin Huff. Um, the yeah, and follow the podcast. We already said all of that. Jack, do you got anything for the road? Texans, one of the worst rush defenses in the NFL. The Titans, one of the best. What's the strength of both teams? Running the football. Give me the Titans this week. Bet MGM. Use that code. I've already bet them. Titans, minus two. Easy money. Five and two. Let's go. There you go. All right. With all that said, until next week, tighten up. up. They used to be the Oilers a long, long time ago when they played in the Houston Astrodome. They've gone from being spoilers to starting six and oh. They've had the same head coach leading all the way. That's one of many reasons that I'm loving how they play. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the 